Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast. Today we have with us Vabhav Tandon, who is the founder of All Is Well. Uh, Vabhav has made some interesting career choices right out of IIT. He chose to become a sports entrepreneur and has founded multiple companies in that domain. Uh, Vabhav has been a part of Olympic Gold Quest for a good ten years, and as a he's the man and the team behind uh, discovering talents like PV Sindhu, as what Virin was talking about in Chantanu's podcast. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me, Vabhav, on the podcast today. It's it's a pleasure to host you. I I understand you're super busy. Your one leg is in Delhi, another in Bombay, and third in in, in Bangalore. So it's it's great that we are able to do it finally. Yes, yes. No. First of all, thank you so much, uh, Vivek, for inviting me to this podcast and being very patient, uh, uh, patient in you know uh, doing this with uh, with me. Uh, you know, once you enter entrepreneurship, I think like every other entrepreneur, you are always moving around. So. But really, really been following some of the podcasts that you have done with some of the friends that I know. So, uh, really happy that finally we could do it. Thank you, thank you so much, Vabhav. Uh, so, Vabhav, I, I think uh, in this podcast, I think it would be great if we can sort of cover two, three, uh, two, three areas, right? So, you made an interesting career choice, uh, which is going from mighty rookie to into sports entrepreneurship, which I have not heard of anybody else doing it. So, uh, how did you navigate that career choice? that decision it would be pretty great if you sort of deep dive into it second is you have sort of built multiple startups uh, some have succeeded uh, there would be some failures some success stories it would be good if you can sort of deep dive into to understand what has been your learnings there and and third what is going on with with uh, all is well so i think broadly these three things and maybe if you can sort of share some stories around discovering talents like pv sindhu how does it happen and all that would be super amazing uh but before we sort of dive into any of these uh, web of i would like to understand uh where did you grew up uh how was growing up what was your career aspiration how iit happened if you can sort of uh, talk a little bit about it sure 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 vivek uh, so my roots are from himachal so both okay. my mom and dad side uh from himachal so my initial years were spent in a uh, small uh, hill station called dalhousie i don't know if you heard about yeah, it yeah. in himachal Yeah, so that's where I grew up. So you know, our house was up the hill. You had to really climb to get to the house. Uh, to go to the school, we used to walk like two kilometers down the road. Then again, in the afternoon, come back. Uh, uh, none of the houses in Dalhousie had fans. You know, it was that okay. cold. Okay. And and probably like you know, you have summer break. We used to have winter break of two months. So you know, uh-huh. so that that's how cold it used to. get but but yeah, it was uh, it was fun i think uh, uh, growing up my my dad was a government uh, 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 servant he was in a government job my mom was a teacher back then uh, so i think i had a lot of influence from them uh, my dad in his younger days used to play a lot of sports so he played okay. hockey for state level he used to play cricket billiards uh, tt tennis so and then my elder brother also picked that up and finally probably i am the extremist when it comes to sport but i think i had a lot of influence from my dad and my elder brother when it came to sports on the other side my mom was a teacher so uh, she was not strict she is like really really friendly but she always made ensure that you know finish studies <laughs> okay <laughs> so 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 that's where i think i had a good combination of sports and studies 
I'll tell you a funny incident. I think I was seven years old. Uh, I was in first standard uh, in Dhalosi, and uh, 1992 Cricket World Cup was happening. So okay. that's my first memory of cricket. Uh, I okay. don't know if you remember or not, but yeah, 1992 in it was happening in Australia and New Zealand, huh. and uh, I we didn't had cable TV, but our neighbors had it. So I used to go and watch in their house. And my it was happening in February and March. So my final exams were going on, but uh, India had this match against Australia, which which was a must win for India to qualify for semi final. So they used to have okay. a round robin format, and then. semifinal yeah uh, so next day i had my social science final paper okay but, you know but i went to my neighbor's house i was watching that match and uh, australia uh, batted for they scored some 230 odd runs then there were rain so match was curtained down to 47 overs okay and you know you know sachin came and played and manjrekar had a good manjrekar and kiran more had a good partnership so it looked like okay. india is going to win But then Manjrekar got out, Kiran Mure got out. So I think I, it was last over, and uh, India uh, needed five runs of three balls. So Manoj Prabhakar took a single, okay. and Jawabal Shrinath came on 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 strike, huh. and he hit the ball. It went directly to the fielder, and he just froze. He didn't run. Manoj Prabhakar ran, but Shrinath didn't run, and Manoj Prabhakar got run out. Okay. So now it was last ball and four runs needed, and uh, okay. Shrinath is on strike and Venkatpati Raju is on the non-striker end, and I don't remember who the bowler was. It was some pacer from Australia. He bowls and Shrinath just swings the bat and it connects on the middle. Okay. And the commentators are also saying you should go back and watch it. The commentators are saying, "Oh, what a shot! It's going to be a six," and Venkatpati Raju is already celebrating as if you know it's it's going to be okay. a six. Okay. Uh, but i think the match was in mcg and you know how big the boundary is mcg is like one of the biggest grounds in the world okay. so actually it didn't it it was falling short 5 meters inside the boundary okay and steve was was about to catch it and he dropped the catch i okay. think that's that's when venkatpati raju realized he's not gone for a six and he started running okay uh, but while taking the third run he got run out okay and india lost by one run and we got knocked out of the world cup and uh, i'm sure i would have been very disappointed and probably cried also but because of that i didn't study well Achha. and ne- <laughs> <laughs> and you know these were odd hours so mom and dad had no clue because Achha. matches were at odd hours in australia i was about to ask you how how are your parents allowing you to watch uh, yeah. cricket just before just a day before yeah. the exam yeah so i would have sneaked out or something so So yeah, so I had a social science exam, and uh, I think I scored some seventy, sixty-eight, or seventy out of hundred. In all other subjects, I had like ninety-nine hundred, but in this okay. one, I scored sixty-eight, and I came third in my class. Okay. And after that, my mom ensured that uh, uh, that if I had to play sports or watch sport during exam, she would ensure that I would revise three times. So. <laughs> 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 So from then on, she they never stopped me from playing sports in between exams or watching sport because they knew mm. it's not possible. But she always ensured that I revised it three times. So that's the pact sort of formed with mom. And, and, and uh, what was your favorite favorite sports growing up? Was it was it cricket or? Yeah, I think 
uh, in school used to play cricket i used to bowl leg spin so yeah i think that was the most popular sport uh, so growing up uh, used to play cricket a lot and and table tennis i think these were mm-hmm. the two sports i picked up then in 1993 when i was 8 years old we moved to delhi dad got transferred okay, okay. so from then on my education and uh, uh, you know schooling was in delhi uh and uh, we used to stay in a dda apartment and you know the best thing about dda apartment is that you have 400 houses within the same society you had a lot yeah. of playground made a lot of friends okay so during summer vacation we used to play for almost 10 hours uh, so yeah so that's how that's how it was that uh, i was good in studies uh, but probably i was good in studies so that i could get to play sports also so probably okay that's how i found the balance So you are basically studying so that you get enough time so that you can also play sports <laughs> and spend. That's a that's a good bargain. Uh, I think yeah. every parent should probably try it that way. But how did uh, how did ha- IIT happen? Given that there was so much of inclination towards sports, uh, one would assume that you will probably go and start playing for whatever uh, state, national, international level, uh, than becoming an engineer, which is uh, and getting into IIT. So how that how did that happen? How did that transition that thing happen? Yeah. So I never, uh, to be very honest, had aspirations to probably play at the highest level. I don't think I had that aspiration. But okay. what I had was I used to follow a lot of sports. I would watch golf, wrestling, TT, F1, whatever came on TV, I would watch it. Okay. Me and my brother used to fight to get the last. page of the newspaper you know that's where sports news was so we both yeah, used to yeah. fight to get it yeah. so i think that way there was a lot of connect with sports in terms of playing and following it uh, but i really didn't have any aspirations at that time uh, to maybe play at the state level i played at the district level but it just happened naturally in tt uh, engineering i think my dad was an engineer my brother ended okay. up to taking engineering okay. i think at, at at that time back back then probably you know you take science you either take medical or you take yeah, engineering yeah, i yeah, i didn't yeah. want biology so yeah. i took uh, science uh, and engineering and uh, i think the usual conventional route two years of coaching in 11 10 really had to grind it like any other person who wants to attempt je i think yeah uh, 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 but, but i don't think i knew what happens in iit it was just that probably dad did it bhai did it lot of friends my had gone into engineering so okay it sort of culminated uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, naturally okay so sports is like like a passion but not uh, uh, not something that you wanted to pursue as a career is uh... y- yes i i think at that age probably today kids and parents are much more you know aware and they want to make those choices uh, or at least lean towards those yeah. choices but I, i i was some i have always been go with the flow kind of a person okay so uh, given a choice probably i i would have wanted to take commerce uh, you know i was good in maths uh, if 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 there was a you know choice and also probably because uh, there was a girl i really used to like she also took commerce <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the only way but but i think otherwise science it just happened normally and uh, uh probably yeah uh, really really of course worked hard in those 
टू इयर्स एंड वाज लकी टू गेट इन टू आईआईटी इन द फर्स्ट अटेम्प्ट got it got it so how was how was four years at iit now that uh, you are in this uh, engineering college of course i think people don't focus so much on studies in iit <laughs> but what were you what were you doing what was how was iit shaping you those four years at rodki yeah actually i spent five years so i had done dual degree Achha, haan, you, so you was a dual dual degree yes. <laughs> so i spent five years I, honestly like I'm sure you would agree. Those were the best days, uh, best days uh, of you our got, lives. You got you got one extra year, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and and you know one one was because uh, uh, you know you were suddenly surrounded by people who are so smart in all aspects, not just studies, yeah. right? You yeah. know, in sports, uh, someone has played at the national level. Someone is a musician, dance or. Quizzing, debating. So you're suddenly surrounded by so many smart people. Uh, first year, all of us used to stay together in the same hostel. So you know, you form those really yeah. uh, lifelong bonds. Yeah. And 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 third thing is that you know, for uh, some, so you are in a you are in a pressure cooker situation for those two or three years when you are preparing for JE. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly you are given this open hostel. space where you know you have taken the lid of the pressure cooker and everyone is sort of yeah i think that's what happened to me i really enjoyed the freedom uh that that uh, iit gave and the kind of relationship that we formed with such such smart people uh and also it exposed me to you know there was one of my friends he was the first person from his village or town not only to go to an iit but to actually go to a college Okay. And okay. on the other extreme, you had someone who is the son of an IAS officer is like yeah. leading a lavish life. So you know, yeah. it exposed you to the reality of India. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, I think I really enjoyed because the sports facilities were excellent. Okay. Uh, so I think, like you said, I spent more time outside the classroom only in those classes where seventy-five percent attendance was mandatory. Probably, I used uh-huh. to go. uh but in in in, in uh, i i like i i played tt and football and then in interactive sports meet i represented in tt i was the captain of the tt team uh used to play in inter hostel football so i think that that probably gave me that joy back probably in 11th and 12th a lot of focus went to studies but to get this open so many such great facilities i i think i uh, that's that's where i think it got uh Uh, that's where the idea sort of started shaping in my head ki probably this is something i want to pursue i was still not sure what it is going to be hmm. but sports gave me so much joy uh, that i was sure that probably i would like to do something plus uh, i'm a very patriotic guy when it comes to sports right okay. I, i i so i also wanted to do something for india uh, uh, so i think those were the two things that started shaping up while okay. i was in iit and one more thing was like you know i i i managed uh, uh, our cult fe- uh, our tech fest cognizance marketing i was the head of the placement committee there so got exposed to a lot of what other companies are doing so i think in 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 that way i was lucky that i rudki exposed me to so many other leadership opportunities to be part of such different uh, 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 you know whether it's a phase or whether it is placement uh, 
uh, or sports uh, so i think in that sense it i was lucky to get exposed to such different avenues and one thing that has always been constant for me is that i love taking initiative i love bringing in new pro- ideas new projects right from school days uh, i was the head boy and i introduced some new I, I remember I was a head boy, and I I convinced my principal to put up a feedback box so that uh, students could good could give anonymous feedback about teachers. So I I always wanted to solve problems or take initiatives. So that also probably got amplified in Rupi. Amazing, amazing. So why don't you sort of double click into it? So when uh, you were at IIT and you were into sports so much. uh when did the idea started sort of coming in your head that you want to pursue entrepreneurship was it like straight out of iid you had like idea clear this is what i'm going to work on maybe i think yeah if you can sort of talk about it how the transition is happening from from the campus to becoming an entrepreneur yeah i think uh, you know one because uh, from my fourth year i joined the placement committee right so uh, i could a lot of my friends who were in the four year program then of course when they got placed they used to tell me about what they are doing and uh, not to take anything away from those jobs but i i couldn't connect with them okay right so sitting sitting in the placements was not something that i was really even though i was the head of the placement committee but it was not something i was looking forward to uh, so i was very clear that i don't probably Uh, want to take up a corporate job uh at that time i was also i had also joined nss so there was one part of me which was also like you know doing some can can i support society people who are underprivileged so we did some programs around rookie so that was also shaping up uh sports was also shaping up and we are talking about 2007 8 right uh, yeah, flipkart yeah. had not even raised the seed round so i don't think entrepreneurship that time was a yeah. go to yeah. thing yeah uh so i don't think i was thinking about entrepreneurship that seriously but uh, i was very clear ki i don't uh, want to take up a conventional corporate job and we will see like i said go with the flow so i said okay we will see what happens parents were unhappy but uh, i thought we'll see i did end up sitting in the placement but it was more out of fomo that you know okay all your friends are placed and parents are saying at least take a job you don't join yeah. if you don't have to so yeah. i took up a job uh uh but yeah but i joined it in bombay uh, but in 4 months i resigned and uh, <laughs> one fine day because i knew i'm not enjoying it uh and 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 i don't advise people to follow this route but i'm just sharing what i did and probably it has worked out for me but this is not what probably i would say i would advise everyone to follow this yeah. route but yeah when i left that job uh, uh, i had a friend who was in a who was in a startup uh, uh, called rummy circle which is sort of a unicorn now but at that time it was yeah, just yeah. starting up so yeah. he i used to stay with him he told me ki you know you can try a startup or an ngo in start sports why don't you try it's okay you are young so he sort of motivated me ki you push into it and at that time a couple of folks were starting this is my first startup indiakhelo.com okay so so that's how the journey happened that i quit my corporate job uh, i was okay joining like a not for profit also and i was okay joining a startup also to be honest at that time but just found this bunch of guys who were trying to do something 
then i pulled in two of my batchmate manish and aman the manish used to be like the star badminton tennis player if you remember okay. from our batch okay. and aman was also on batch i pulled them in also so they quit their well paying <laughs> jobs and they said okay chalo start up karte hain and okay. we started our first venture called indiakhelo.com from poor mangla uh, hmm. in bangalore okay uh, and so yeah so that in that startup we were sort of trying to figure out if we can give sports uh first idea was to create like a facebook for sports people but at that time internet penetration was low so we realized it's yeah. not happening yeah. then we pivoted and we started working with schools to give them fitness and sports products assess kids on fitness help them with sports that sort of really picked up uh and yeah that's how the journey in entrepreneurship started so maybe double checking on this so what part of the let's say corporate career was not let's say exciting for you uh is it is it that you're not able to spend enough time playing sports uh because it takes like pretty much all your bandwidth like maybe if you can sort of talk about uh that uh i think uh one yeah it was not related to sports or fitness okay. so probably okay. I I have always loved to do things where my heart connects more than my mind mm. where my heart connects. Yeah. Right. Uh uh so so one my heart was not there. So I knew so and second was uh I like to take initiatives. I like to do projects. I like to find problems and try to solve them and in a in a in a in a big corporate sometimes there are already processes there are already things Got that it, are done in a it. certain certain way yeah so yeah. so probably that that's the missing link if probably it was a corporate where they had a yeah. okay, lot of experimentation or probably like how currently yeah. some startups which have Start grown big but yeah. but they still continue to experiment innovation why not but yeah. at that time i didn't connect well so got it, uh, so, got it. so so i thought i i'll follow what my heart says makes sense makes sense makes sense Got it. So with India Khelo, you were doing this. Uh, uh, you brought two two other people from your batch. You were there. You're trying to build this online community. So how did it pan out? So uh, how did you uh, evolve in this startup? Uh, what are like some of the learnings that you had with India Khelo. dot com? I think it was an amazing experience. Uh, we had uh, two two or three more folks also from other IITs. Plus then we formed a small team. I think it was a lot of fun for the uh, for that one year. I think uh, you know I remember in my first week when I moved to Bangalore in Poor Mangla, uh, uh, just by a cold call, we managed to meet Anil Kumble, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it's a funny story. Uh, if you if you don't mind, I can share how sure, it. Sure, 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 sure. So so we uh, we were trying to do something in sports. So we went to Chinna Swami Stadium, which is a cricket okay. stadium here in Bangalore. Uh, uh. And somehow we found out the residential phone number of Anil Kumble because he was in one. He was on one of the committees. Okay. So his landline number was on on that list. So the my other co-founder he picked up the phone, and this is how you are right. You are trying to hustle. Yeah. So yeah. he called up, and Kumble's wife picked up, 
okay uh, so my this co-founder he sort of explained whatever we were doing then she asked about our background so we said we are from iit and this all so she said oh my son is also studying and you know he wants to get into iit can you please uh, mentor him or something like this she said and you know for half an hour this friend spoke to i think the kid okay. and kumlesh's wife and she was very happy and she told us ki after 45 minutes uh this one anil kumble is coming to chinna swami stadium i have told him wait for him and you will meet him <laughs> <laughs> so very interesting so that's how uh, it sort of happened that uh, we were in we waited for him and he was an idol for us so we waited for him explain to him our business idea but i think just the thrill of uh, meeting anil kumble uh, you know first week of your startup and you are meeting a legend was really really exciting and we sat yeah. with him we explained to him our business idea he is a very sharp guy uh, so he asked us some questions about profitability scalability you know and we were like in first week of our startup <laughs> but but more than that i think this was just the thrill of you know getting to meet a legend yeah uh, so i think it 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 was fun uh, uh, all of us in the team were you know pro sports so for us honestly never felt like work like we used to literally work like 7 days a week uh, whatever 14 hours but it never really felt like a work felt like work and i think one another amazing thing that happened was we were not stuck to one idea okay i think today you know it has sort of been put in in a playbook pivot do this you know lean startup method but i think for us it happened organically that we started with this internet for sport then we tried some regional competitions in sports and then we moved to the school market and and it was only because we were just listening to what athletes want what coaches want and trying to solve their problem rather than trying to take a solution and force it onto them so i think that was a big learning uh, back then that uh, be ready to adapt and you know don't be fixated about an idea vision was very clear that we want to do something in sports uh, we want to change the sporting landscape but we were not fixated on an idea uh, we started generating good revenue uh, managed to raise uh, capital also okay uh, uh, and uh, so i think the it it was pretty smooth uh, and school sort of loved we used to give like a fitness report card just like okay. so our idea was you have an academic report card we'll give you a fitness report card uh and and it it got really picked up uh uh i think what one thing uh, probably we did not do right is we scaled up very fast uh okay. so earlier we were only in probably 10 and 15 schools but when we raised capital we went pan india uh, okay. you know some 70 80 schools within a span of 3 months Okay. Uh, and I, and i think that is something where we 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 should have been probably more uh uh, uh you know we should have thought more cautious yeah. and uh, because you know what what works for nagpur is very different from what will work for bangalore the audience is very different so yeah. your product might be same but what will work for them their understanding of fitness versus bangalore plus the way you page the way i think all those things you need to take it gradually uh, uh you know like like how cult has done it they spread really strongly yeah. in south bangalore then bangalore and yeah. then they went so probably that should yeah. have been the route so i think that is one learning that even if you have raised capital it's okay 
as a founder you should always control how much you want to grow at and at what scale and probably that was one learning and uh, we scaled too fast and that probably that was the one reason we had to then shut it down because we couldn't really sustain the ops often got it ops basically became the sort of uh, blocker for sort of continuing the startup so then how did you what was next after indiakilo.com <laughs> yeah I, i i think i have been very very lucky very very fortunate uh, 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 serendipity i don't know what what to call it but uh, as uh, uh, so rahul choudhary uh, you know who's the venture partner in metrics co-founder of yeah. pipo and my yeah. batchmate yeah uh, he was also pro sports right so uh, we were all we were in touch uh, so after finishing his im stint Uh, he joined olympic gold quest as the first research head okay okay uh, so he had some gap uh, between joining his job at mckinsey so he joined ogq as the research head and when he was finishing his stint i was moving out of indiakhelo.com so i just okay. called up rahul asking him you know uh, yeah, yeah, just is there something and he said ki hey i'm you know uh, i knew about ogq i had started hearing about ogq but this is like late 2009 and he said ki hey why don't you talk to virain i'll you know i'm moving out would you be open to this uh, uh it's a not for profit so salary he said won't be that might not be that great but do you want to join it i jumped on it i said of course why not so so i met virain uh, uh, uh and fortunately yeah, things worked out i was the fourth team member to join ogq So it was okay. very very early days. I think we were supporting five or six athletes. Okay. Uh, didn't even have an office, so uh, cafe coffee day used to be uh, mostly our office. But yeah, that's how it happened that I got got into OGQ, and it was uh, Olympic Gold Quest was co-founded by G Sethi and Prakash Padukone, uh, again okay. legends of Indian sports. Uh, yeah. And Vishwanathan Anand is also on the board. Okay. Uh, so. So you know these were the legends that I looked up to, or I have heard stories from my dad about B C T and Prakash Padukone, Vishyanand of course, you know. And I I, I remember watching Virain play against Pakistan in Rajinder Bhavan Hostel TV room. Okay. So they were like the legends for me. So just to get an opportunity to work with them, eyes closed, and I said yes. I'm 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 I mean they they recruited me, but I was also very happy to. Uh, Join them, and the mission of OGQ was very powerful. It was to you know he- help Indian athletes win more medals at Olympics and Paralympics. Amazing, uh, right? So that that mission also really resonated with me. Like I told you, sports and thoda patriotic yeah. feelings. So yeah. it really. Yeah. So that's how OGQ happened in two thousand nine, uh, and yeah, then 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 it just took off. Oh, amazing. So. How has been your journey at OGQ? Uh, I think this amazing mission that you have, which is at OGQ, which is to uh, have more medals that we have, make India proud at Olympics, and you guys are doing amazing stuff there. So, uh, how are you doing it? Like, if you can sort of talk about uh, a bit more detail on what is what happens at OGQ, what are you trying to do? Maybe some interesting stories. How did you discover PV Sindhu? <laughs> I think that would be that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so I've done two stints in OGQ over ten years. So in my first stint, I was head of research. 
Okay. Uh, so so my role was primarily to scout and identify athletes who could win who had the potential to win medals at the Olympics. And once we had identified and OGQ started supporting them, then my role was also to monitor their performance, look at the benchmarks uh, at which the world's top athletes were playing, and then identify where the gaps were, where OGQ could support them. So OGQ is a not-for-profit foundation, raise funds through donations, CSR, to HNL, and that's how we used to fund the training. Okay. Uh, so, so it was a lot of fun. Like, you know, what we played at inter IIT and the level at which you know someone like Marycom or Saina used to play, there is no comparison. Yeah. Uh, but just to you know uh, see them in training was unbelievable. Like I remember uh, watching Marycom training for London Olympics. She's a very gentle, simple lady. Like if you if you don't know her now, everyone knows her. But if you don't know her, you won't even realize that she's a six-time world champion and Olympic medal. She's very humble, very friendly. But as soon as she entered the ring to train, you know, she became like a lioness. She had that, you know, ferocity, that aggression, that willingness to win, not give one inch, taking punches, but giving it back. And even when she was doing fitness training, you know, she could lift more weight than probably I could ever do in my life. But that's the you know, so that was an inspiration in itself, just to see like Maricom or Saina, just see them, their training, the intensity of the training, the level of dedication they had and the kind of, you know, it's okay to do it one week, one month, but they started doing it when they were probably eight years old. So to do it over two decades is phenomenal, simply hats off to them. Uh, and you were, you and were supporting all of these players at OGQ? Yes, we were supporting their training. So, London Olympics was going to happen in 2012. So, we were supporting their training. Now, about Sindhu, uh, like I said, Virin is very kind. But, you know, talents like Sindhu do not need to be spotted. They are someone, you know, you anyone can spot. They come out on their own. But the story, I mean, how, what 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 we saw was, uh, yeah, yeah, there is this can, 13, 13 about sorry. How do, you, how do you do the research? So, how did you... Uh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, please continue. I just yes. thought he can talk about the research piece also. That how do you? Yes, yes. Uh, what's the process yes. like? Yeah. So we used to follow the results. So that was step one. Follow whatever uh, domestic competition results you could find. International results were easily available, but at that time domestic competitions. So we used to travel to domestic competitions. Okay. So one was. Like if it's a shooting, like if you take a sport like shooting, it is very objective. You shoot a score and that's how it is. Uh, so we used to see that the top shooters, when they were 18 year old or 16 year old, what were they shooting? Uh, we used to look for consistency that whether the shooter has shot good score once or actually is consistently shooting and improving. Uh, so that's kind how we looking. used to track on Excel, yeah. Excel on the data uh, to look at consistency of performance look at consistency of improvement and look and most importantly look at how do they perform in big tournaments got it right when the pressure is really on so whether it's a national championship or asian games common where the pressure is on when at that time are they able to perform so that was step one look at that hard data uh, and look and at then, against world and these, these these competition that you're looking at in terms of data is international as well as the like the smallest level in that happens in India like Ranji or something. Yes, 
Yes, yes, we, yes. So we used to support Olympic sports. So we would look at uh, look at even domestic data because we wanted to support fifteen year old, sixteen year old players yeah. as well. And all the uh, data is easily available for you, or like, is it is it tough to get? Now it data? is. Okay. Now it is at that time I'm talking about 2009-10. You know, internet penetration or yeah. federations uploading the data was not that easy. That's why we used to travel to competitions. Okay, got it. Uh, 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 we had prioritized a few sports, so we sort of did research and you know we identified that there are five sports where India has the best chances of winning a medal, which are badminton, boxing, shooting, wrestling, and archery. Because we had limited funds. Just like a startup only, like you have limited yeah, funds, yeah. so you have to focus. So we said, okay, let's put our resources, our effort in these five sports, where the talent pool is there. Historically, India has done well, and yeah. so that that's how we narrowed it down. Got it. Got uh, it. Third thing was like we would speak to Prakash Padukone, Gopi Chand, or some local coaches, and they would tell us if they spotted uh, a talented player, probably who, like in wrestling and boxing. There aren't enough competitions, so you know the skill matters more. So they would tell us. The thing about PV Sindhu was that uh, we were tracking badminton results, and we were continuously like for six months we saw that there is this thirteen-year-old girl who's like beating the crap out of sixteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old, winning title. And at that age, every year makes a lot of difference. Hmm. And she's she's beating them like two sets to zero and. And I think the best part was that she was winning the most important title, like the national title. Okay. Right. Con- consistently beating higher ranked, higher age group players. So we knew she was special. Uh, her uh, Sindhu's father, Mr. Ramanna, he was the captain of the Indian volleyball team, and Arjuna Wadi, her mom, was a international basketball player. So she had it in her genes also. So that's how we sort of spotted her talent. And she was training in Gopi Chand Academy. Uh, so we reached out to Gopi, and we said, you know, we have, we think, you know, Sindhu is doing really well. And uh, uh, though at that time we didn't have like a junior program, but we thought that she is an exceptional talent, and can, and that's how we then we spoke to Sindhu, her parents, and that's how we signed her up when she was 14 back in 2011. Okay, amazing, amazing. And then so, from then on. You kept on supporting her, uh, like yes. pretty much till till the time she won the title. You were talking about something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, uh, like I said, she was a phenomenal talent back then. Also, had great height, uh, training under a world class coach. Uh, her parents, who were you know, knew what it takes to play at the highest level. Uh, but at that time, I think, like Virin mentioned in the podcast, the greatest need for her was she was winning everything in India, but to go to the next level, she had to go abroad. And there wasn't enough funding at that time available from the government, so we funded. So that's the one need we identified, and we funded five international tournaments for her when she was 14, 15 year old. In fact, she won her first title, Maldives Open, when she was 15 years old. That was her first international title, and OGQ uh, funded it. And I think that gave her the confidence that she believed it was not. It was a You know, uh, uh, maybe a small tournament, so to speak, but but that gave her the belief and the confidence, and then from then on, uh, she she really took off. Uh, uh, you know, we also identified and and started supporting Lakshya Sen when he was ten years old. So Lakshya now is one of the most promising, uh, I think, once in a generation kind of a talent. 
बट यू नो आई रिमेम्बर दिस वॉज प्रॉब्लली माई फर्स्ट और सेकेंड बोर्ड मीटिंग विच आई अटेंडेड इन ओजीक्यू एंड प्रकाश पाडुकोन हुज अ को फाउंडर एंड डायरेक्टर ऑफ ओजीक्यू आई रिमेम्बर इन द बोर्ड मीटिंग देर इज दिस नाइन इयर ओल्ड बॉय फ्रॉम अल्मोड़ा इन उत्तराखंड देर वॉज अ टूर्नामेंट विच हैपन्ड इन बैंगलोर एंड प्रकाश सॉ हिम प्लेइंग नाइन इयर ओल्ड एंड ही सेट की दिस गाय is one he said it in that meeting 9 year old lakshya uh, that he is a once in a generation talent wow so, so, so i think we can do all the research we want but you have legends like this you know who can spot talent uh, so he then lakshya shifted to train in prakash patukon academy ojq started supporting him when he was 10 years old so it's been like a 14 year old journey 14 year old journey with lakshya uh and yeah he's a phenomenal phenomenal talent so i think it was you know ojiki it was a lot of fun we used to go attend a lot of competitions meet this great athletes great coaches see them in training and trying to figure out where we can help them someone needed a physio someone needed a nutritionist someone needed a coach so we would send them abroad for training but whatever it took to help you know bridge the gap between them and what top World class athletes were getting. That is where OGQ came. Got it. Got it. This is super amazing. This is super exciting. I think it was. I'm somebody who is completely into sports. Doing this day in day out is it's just a dream job. I don't think there is any other better job. So, uh, so how is how did you transition out of uh, Olympic Gold Quest into next is your current startup? All is well. Then no. So I took a break in between. I think that okay. uh, 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 yeah, so I spent four years in OGQ, 2009 to 2013. Uh-huh. Uh, but but you know, one वो startup का कीड़ा तो था ही. Once a founder, always a founder. वाला mindset. So I was I really enjoyed my stint at OGQ. I think I learned a lot from these legends. From Viren, I consider Viren as my mentor. Though he was, he's also a great friend. But you know, he I really learned leadership skills uh, and a lot of uh, how to build a team. Uh, you know how to. He gave me a lot of ownership. So why I stuck in OGQ is because he gave me a lot of ownership, lot of independence to start new things. Uh, of course, with a lot of accountability also. Yeah, exactly but, what you but, were looking for. Also, you wanted to yes. do lot of bunch of take initiatives and all that. That is what you were getting yes. as well. Yes, yes, yes. And at London Olympics, India gave his best performance. He won six medals. India won six medals, which was the best performance ever. And four, four of those athletes were supported by OGQ. So we had a lot of high also of making such a difference in three yeah. years of existence. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that startup bug was there. <laughs> so uh, another friend, Arthi Gill. Uh, yeah. You know, she she was starting something. She had finished her MBA. She came back. she was starting something in fitness uh, uh so she moved to bombay i was also in bombay uh, so it was more of a casual we were all friends so we were always in touch so she she said i'm doing something in fitness i said okay let's start you know jamming together so thoda bahut time over weekends uh, okay. you know just okay let's start building it together uh, i was always into sports and fitness so i could connect to it and uh probably a point came when i said okay now is the time to go full time into this okay so it was a tough decision but i told virain and he understood he always knew that um, my my entrepreneurship will and he was very kind and uh magnanimous to say okay for go follow 
uh, your entrepreneurship dream so arti and i started this venture okay. called dumbbell.com okay uh, in bombay so uh, it initially started by giving curated fitness sort of tips recipes articles uh, but the more we met people uh, we realized that they just don't want content but they actually want someone to train them someone to really help them become more fitter uh, i used to be in running i used to run so i had uh, built i had a good community of runners in bombay so they also said can you help us with fitness so that's how the idea evolved okay uh, we started giving running training plans to you know amateur marathon runner people in our our age group uh, then they also wanted nutrition so we started giving them sports nutrition plan and they wanted fitness plan so we started giving them fitness plans also and that's how the sort of idea uh, idea developed over a period of time uh, uh, here, she had all here, here basically you are trying to sort of uh, get fitness into the daily life of of the masses in india correct 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 uh, and uh, she had already raised an angel round so we had little bit of funds to experiment uh, so we used to go to marathons meet runners sponsor some event organize some running workshop so that was again a lot of fun because it was not something like we are sitting in a garage and trying to build something and hoping something will happen we were actually going out meeting people trying to solve their problem we started generating revenues uh right from the first month of our existence uh so it was a lot of fun uh, uh we realized that uh, you know the aspirations of indians especially those who were uh, slightly you know in in metro cities the aspirations had grown they were not just looking to lose weight running culture was really growing fitness culture was really growing uh so we could see at a macro level that you know the fitness wellbeing uh space is really growing uh, we picked up running as the first market to go into uh you know probably for two three reason one it's it's a very tight knit community it was easy so if you are a runner and if you understand them then to get to the next runner etc becomes very easy and yeah. uh, runners are always looking to cut down on 5 minute 10 minute from their time so they are always looking for avenues on how to become fitter how to improve their running so it was a good uh, good fit for us uh, and second second thing uh, was you know we used to really go out meet the runners organize workshops uh, try to understand the mindset uh of of what they needed and from uh month one we were having revenues because we i think we oh. really understood the understood the pain point of runners and we were able to again give them some of the best expert whether it was for physio or for fitness or nutrition so we really brought the best quality in terms of trainers and an experts who were giving them these plans uh so yeah it was a it was a fun fun uh again because it was fitness and sports i used to run myself again it never felt like work and uh also you know we were building it uh, uh depending on what users were wanting so we used to get really good feedback from the runners so i think it was going re- it was a lot of fun uh uh in in that one year that i was there in dumbbell Uh, so uh, after that, you you decided uh, you were scaling it up. So I mean, 
how you're transitioning out, yeah. out of this dumbbell.com now yeah so i think one one thing probably because probably we were located in bombay uh, uh we could not really scale up the tech part of it so okay. it was okay initially in terms of proof of concept at using google sheets using whatsapp to send plans but when the volume grew uh and also to sort of make it scalable you need a strong tech you want the product to sort of drive the training plans not the experts only uh we tried but somehow it was not happening and after a point we reached a plateau and okay. uh, so that's when i decided to uh, when i could see it's not scaling up i decided to move out i thought pmf at that time it was not called pmf but we realized that it's it's not happening and uh, uh, i decided that okay probably i will go back into sports arti uh, okay. continued so she pivoted a couple of time two three time yeah. she persevered and then after yeah. two years she formed this brand called oziva which is a plant plant based uh, supplements and uh, uh, persevered for 7 years and as as you know just earlier this year hul acquired it uh, yeah. so really congratulations to her and her perseverance yeah. and uh, uh, i think i think yeah one lesson probably for me in that uh, not saying because oziva became successful not just from that point of view but i think the lesson is that you have to persevere Yeah, yeah. Right. You 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 have to. It's a it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a long term game. Uh, you have to play it with long term players, as they say. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know it's a it's a very it's very difficult to say. I know you have also spoken about it about your side. It's very hard to say when to continue and when to give up. There is no correct formula yeah. for it. But in in this case, yeah. I, I I feel that yeah. should we should have continued. Uh, given now how fitness yeah. and uh, wellness has really become huge in India, probably that was one yeah. lesson for me in this case. Continue, persevere. It takes time. Uh, 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 but yeah, you need to give if you if you are entering to become a startup founder. be ready like 3 to 5 years is minimum what yeah. you should be ready to persevere yeah 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 it's it's matlab uh, what i say it's more like you have to become a sadhu and uh, <laughs> you have to continue on that on that tapasya for like for seven years to be able to finally see the fruit of what you are sort of working on uh so now now you're moving out of dumbled and then you uh, joined uh, olympic gold coast again how was uh, the second yeah, so the I, second stint of ogq began after this No, so for uh, at at that time OGQ did not have an opening, uh, <laughs> so okay. uh, I joined Sports Ministry uh, Target. They had okay. they were starting a program called Target Olympic Podium Scheme. Uh, so I moved back to New Delhi. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so I joined Sports Ministry, where again there there it was a aim similarish to OGQ that while there are national camps, athletes get a lot of support, but to select few athletes, Sports Ministry wanted to give additional. Funding and support through okay. this tops program. Hmm. Uh, so okay. Abhinav Bindra, Gopi Chand, Rahul Dravid, they were part. Mary Kaum, they were part of the committee. So again, I thought, okay, it's exciting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and probably something I had done with OGQ, so you know, it was not something new yeah. for me. Uh, so yeah, so I joined them. Worked worked in that program for one and a half years, and uh, uh, I think the first year was amazing. 
you know because they would involve me in everything so tops was of course one thing where we were identifying athletes and giving them support that was one key role for me but let's say uh, arjuna award dronacharya award selection is happening what should be the formula they will involve me uh, sports ministry sai gives a lot of funds to federations so they would tell me okay on what parameter we should judge you know federations performance how much to give to hockey how much to give to shooting how has been their performance uh, uh, so so any and i had that zeal to learn so in any sort of uh, <laughs> committee they would put my name and i would happily take that work and so i think i uh, i got to learn at the top level how government functions when and their funds are huge you are talking about thousands of crores right so how do they form scheme how those funds get distributed what happens at grassroots levels so at a macro level i think i learned a lot by being in the sports ministry uh but yeah i think uh, the pace at which i wanted to work and the pace at which probably uh, the work was happening in the ministry was at, at after a point i think it uh, i realized that you know it's not matching the pace probably at which i wanted to work i wanted to get things done i wanted to solve some problems but you know it's it's, it's a files move files are moving around but uh somehow things were not changing uh so probably it was not meant for me again like i said there are some people who love this job but i yeah i thought that it's not matching yeah. my style anymore so uh, and at that time uh ogq had an opportunity <laughs> so again being okay. i think i was i was lucky yeah, i was planning to quit sports ministry and i called up virin i said ki virin now matlab we ho gaya okay Uh, I uh, and I said I'm going to start looking out. So he said, "Hold down before you uh, join anywhere. Let me see." And then I was lucky enough that there there was an opportunity okay. coming up in OGQ. So I joined OGQ in 2016. Okay. Uh, okay. And then I worked with them for six years till till last year September. I was working with them. Okay, and this time again, uh, you you are again uh, sort of looking at uh, ta- spotting the talent uh, at OGQ. No, no. So they already had someone else who uh, An- Anupul who took okay. over head of research when I moved out the first time. Uh, uh, so okay. this time they le- knowing me. This time they left the role thoda open. Uh, so initially I was working okay. with Virin on the fundraising part. Uh, uh but there was one thing i had told virin that i wanted to do if i joined ogq which was to do something for the coaches so uh you know when i was in sports ministry i saw that uh there is a lot of funds that is directed towards athletes their training uh but you know the number one per- person behind any athlete success is the coach right uh uh, yeah. uh like like if you look at sushil kumar or yogeshwar dutt or vijender singh they didn't have any fancy infrastructure they trained in deshi akhadas right but they went on to win olympic medals and uh, and of course because they are sort of world class athletes but because they had a coach who was able to take them motivate them train them and take them to the next level so i think more than infrastructure yes it is required Yeah, but i personally when i was in sports ministry i felt ki why are we dependent on always foreign coaches coming and training our best athletes we have such amazing athletes who have retired 
uh, you know we need to do something to support the coaches in a similar way that we were supporting actually so that's an idea uh, that i presented to virain uh, he said yes i presented to the board of ogq they were kind enough to say yes even though it was on a paper and couple of slides but they said you know no go ahead we will support you i think they i think it hats off to virain and the board okay. also to take a bet on uh, on on something but uh, which was just on paper and then for one year we just did research uh, on what are the best programs for coaches in usa australia new zealand canada we did lot of focus group discussions to understand the pain points of indian coaches what can we do for them and then we launched a program called coaches excellence program in 2017 where the mission was to train indian high performance coaches so that they can produce more olympic medals so if the level of indian coaches goes up especially when they are training sub junior and junior athletes we knew that the level of our athletes will also go up uh, so that's the program that i headed for 5 years 5 and a half years in my last stint at ogq uh where we train more than 150 co- 150 coaches across sports uh and again i think uh one thing really helped was because being a founder before i think the focus was always on what do the coaches want so we never like brought the curriculum that is happening in us or australia of course we had learning from them but we wanted to create a curriculum that is more suited for india so i think that mindset we uh, applied here and uh, yeah the program is still going on now it has of course grown to three levels of different programs uh, multiple sports uh uh so feel very proud <laughs> that you know some impact is happening in that coaching ecosystem and i think second thing that i did in my last stint was uh, till 2018 we were only supporting athletes for olympics in 2019 uh, ogq okay. took a call to start paralympics also para athlete for paralympics so i was co-leading that program along with cp i was co-leading that program where the research team identified a set of para athlete to be supported and then uh, we used to go and work with these para athletes to identify what their needs were and you know what a para athlete needs could be very different in terms of equipment infrastructure uh, and some really like you know uh, Uh, like Virain said in the podcast, he selected them not because of their disability, but because of their ability to perform in their chosen event. And such exceptional people, the grit, the determination, even though they had gone through so much hardship because of those uh, disabilities, but just the sheer determination and focus they had was mind blowing. So we supported these para athletes, and uh, at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, uh, India won 19 medals. in paralympic which is best ever performance and out of those 19 10 para athletes were supported by ogq uh so i think that was also a great uh, inspiration and motivation for me to see you know work with them for 2 3 years and then actually see them uh you know winning medals at the highest level so i think <laughs> so that was probably one of the highlights okay, of uh, <laughs> my career in ogq So how was how was the uh, idea of all is well shaping up? Uh, when did it sort of strike? Uh, what is it about? And where are you on the journey right now? 
yeah so uh, for me tokyo olympics was a milestone tokyo olympic paralympics which happened in 2021 okay. uh i had spent 6 yeah. years in ujiki so total 10 years uh, uh you know that kida <laughs> and a lot was happening in the startup space also right 2020 2021 were probably yeah. the golden years in the startup yeah. ecosystem uh right so a lot was happening lot yeah. of our peers friends batchmates uh uh so that 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 kida again came ki okay let's why why not go back uh, uh again tokyo olympics paralympics was a great high so i also wanted to move out on a high uh and uh, uh, so that's how it started ki okay can what can i do what can i do okay uh, uh but probably learning from last two starters i uh, there were learnings i think uh, one big learning was for me probably it's i don't know if if it's unusual but for me it was that my family uh, and my wife but at that time my girlfriend i i wanted them also to be part of this journey uh in the previous two startup it always came to them as a shock or a surprise that i have quit and i have joined uh, i have started but but i think as founders or co some some entrepreneurs we believe maybe the family will not understand probably now things have changed i think being in a startup is now yeah. okay but 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 i think you need to keep your family in loop they might not understand always sometimes they may might understand better than what you had anticipated they might not fully support it but you know when times get tough and in a startup journey times do get tough uh, i think they are your pillars yeah. of support yeah. So I think that was one yeah, big lesson yeah. for me from my previous two journey. So I told my family, uh, they said, take your time, don't hurry. Uh, they said we will support you. It's your life. Uh, so so I've been very grateful to my parents that they never put boundaries or restrictions. Uh, 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 you know. So uh, but they said keep think about it. You have had two stints, so be sure about this. Uh, and uh, my wife Sandhya. uh she really motivated me like you know twice sort of i had failures sort of uh, uh, they were learning but you know setbacks in startup so but she yeah, sort of said yeah. no 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 you have to this, this is what you really believe in she said don't worry about the financial aspect this that she said we'll manage at home don't worry and she has been also a pillar of support so i think that was one big learning Amazing. that whether it's your spouse your closest friend your parent when you are starting out yeah. keep them in the loop because they are going to be your pillars of support probably when things go tough and when things go well they will be your biggest uh, cheerleaders uh the yeah. second learning for me was uh more than the product or an idea it's the team which uh you know which really really makes the biggest difference i think i learned it from yeah. sports also Uh, uh that uh, you know it's it's the team which count you can put all star players in one team but they might lose right uh, uh so but the team team has to be really really strong uh and uh, by by the team i don't necessarily mean that okay one need, one guy needs to be a coder one guy needs to be the business guy one domain expert of course if you get that combination nothing like it uh so yes yeah. being complementary is important but when you are forming a team uh 
for me personally my learning have been trust is the biggest biggest i, I would say number one factor like right uh, uh like my wife sandhya jokes that you spend more time with your team than with me we got married last year and she's like you spend more time with your team and that's the reality that when you are starting up you will be spending yeah. more time with your co-founder or your team than with your family or your spouse uh uh so that trust has to be very 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 strong uh, uh and communication like you know if you really need to communicate very well even before starting out what your aspirations are what your values are and what other person's aspiration they might be different but it's very important that your co-founder or your partner understand when you take certain decision where you are coming from uh so those were the two things that's why for a one year i took some time to think while i was working in ogq okay. i took time to convince my parents that okay now i want to take this uh, call and uh, second was to find the right team and mm. uh, uh, so the idea that germinated was uh, uh, while working in ogq uh, i could see that uh, uh, or with sports ministry i could see that lot of support was given on physical fitness training nutrition uh, that had started happening in india but we were not doing enough in my opinion on mental training and uh uh you know in a cr- and majority of the time it's 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 your mental strength or you know which really helps you overcome uh difficult times in a match and also uh a mental health because you know at least stay alone uh probably sports is the only yeah. job where you lose more than you win like every day you go you even roger federer has lost more than he has won so you know so taking those losses so it affects the mental health also uh, but a not uh, i still feel over the world but especially in india a lot a lot needed to be done especially in sports because you know athletes are considered to be super humans you, you know they can't be weak uh at personal yeah. level when i worked with athletes i saw that how much they struggled so from ogq side we tried to do a lot but when i went to other academies who were part of this coaches excellence program i saw that we were still uh, a long way to go i remember in haryana in one of the badminton academies a coach was telling me ki he wanted one of his players uh, to work with a sports psychologist because in training that player used to play really well but matches me like he would just throw away the match like you know so the words of this player's dad was mera beta pagal ho gaya hai kya aap ye kehne ki koshish kar rahe ho so that's how the taboo the topic was right yeah uh, uh there were four national level shooters who committed suicide in 2020 2021 during covid times so i i saw that this is one area probably which needed attention so that's the idea that's how probably in last year when i thought about okay now i want to move out of ogq this was one uh uh thing in my mind that okay probably we can solve uh and that's how the name all is well also came up we wanted to give it a positive connotation uh and uh, and wanted to not just talk about the mental health issue but how mental training can also help you perform better uh so that's how the uh, the idea sort of germinated i went around uh, mm-hmm. met lot of uh 
met a lot of the coaches so i wanted to do some thoda research before really jumping on to it uh so i went around haryana kerala uh, bangalore pune met around you know 20 25 academies coaches spoke to a lot of coaches and players uh, and then i realized that while of course mental training maybe less than 5% athletes were exposed to it and it was a pain point for these coaches the bigger pain points was that unlike the elite athlete who had access to the best sports scientist best physio best trainer best nutritionist in these academies they simply did not have either access because they were in tier 2 tier 3 towns or they had no knowledge or they couldn't afford it so their number one concern was how can i reduce injuries how can i make my players more fitter uh, how do we get them yeah. to eat better uh, so i realized that was a bigger pain point uh, uh, and they had tried lot of things to solve it uh, but it was not happening like they would get a trainer but their trainer had no clue about badminton or no clue about wrestling so they were not able to give them badminton specific fitness plan so so in a way that's how the you call it pivot or whatever i realized that the that the pain point was this whole integrated fitness thing not just mental training but physical fitness nutrition sports science data all of this is what was required a mental training was just one piece of it but it will not solve the whole piece and it was probably not the number one pain point also yeah. for coaches and athletes uh so that's how the idea then evolved then okay then we said okay so we will give you the whole thing we will give you uh fitness training plan we picked badminton as the first sport uh for two three reason number one personal connect with the best academy top players network with coaches was yeah. very strong yeah uh paying propensity especially in metro cities even in tier 2 towns towards badminton has in- increased compared to let's say wrestling or boxing i think the paying propensity uh, was there and 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 it's a growing sport in india like in bangalore it's really growing hyderabad is growing so it's a growing sport so we could see ki okay it is growing yeah. the pain point is there and people are ready to pay also so yeah. uh, really wanted to help the coaches and academies to improve the performance so that's how all is well germinated so the mission became how can we help uh, improve athletes performance so that's the mission improve sports performance uh the method we have taken is by giving them an integrated fitness training plan so we gave data driven physical mental nutrition training plan again which are uh, made by some of india's top sports science experts uh, they are the ones uh, who have trained mary com saina sindhu mirabai chanu surya kumar yadav so these are the experts uh, in our team so these training plans are built by them and we make it very very sport specific so that's how the journey started amazing amazing i think brick by brick the way you are sort of <laughs> transforming this uh industry is just amazing right starting from looking at data to analyze the right talent to figuring out uh the right infrastructure then the right exposure then the right coach now the mental uh, wellness it's, it's just amazing what you are doing on the sport side uh so amazing thank you so much vabo for joining me uh it has been it has been a pleasure hosting you today learning about your incredible journey uh uh 
I have this last one question that I ask pretty much all my guests. So, what will be your top three book recommendations? If you have, if you get any time besides playing, do you also read? And if you read, what will be your book recommendations? No, no, I'm a, I'm a voracious reader. Probably uh, because of the startup now, maybe probably getting lesser time. But probably I used to read one or two books a month. So I am a voracious reader. Okay. Uh, uh, I think. Okay. some of the books uh, i would really recommend uh, i think the the one i really found interesting was the psychology of money i think it was uh, yeah. really really interesting book just Apple. yes just the way he demystified uh, in a very simple way yeah, probably a very different approach to how to create wealth or how it compounds uh, in a storytelling yeah, way yeah uh i think yeah. i really really like that book so that's something i give it to all my team members <laughs> uh second book uh, i i really enjoyed was shoe dog by phil knight who was the founder of nike yeah. so his own journey uh, i think that gave a lot of inspiration a uh, lot of inspiration to me when i was starting out for the third time uh the, just how he built nike the kind of hustle he did yeah uh the kind yeah. of time so many times when he thought it's it's dead and it's going to, nike is going to die and he had that mindset that it can get yeah. over and he was okay with it you know he was not yeah. afraid ki tomorrow yeah. if it shuts down it shuts down so i think that that yeah. book uh is is uh, i think one of one of my recommendations that i feel everyone should read whether you are an entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur uh and uh i think uh, i am forgetting them but the book this netflix founder wrote no rules ha uh, rules no rules rules no rules i think that was also uh an amazing because one the way it the netflix culture is so uh, i think polar opposite to probably how we have grown up you know in whether yeah. in corporate or yeah. in startup it is such a different way yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh and i have taken some learning from it you know just in terms of uh keeping it candid be very open with feedback at least i try now in 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 our team that you know just be very open with your feedback not as brutal as they are in netflix but at least build that culture yeah uh, not put yeah. too many processes in place so i think yeah that's a book I really liked uh, reading. Great, great. Thank you so much, Vaibhav. Has been like amazing, super in- interesting listening to you, your journey. Thank you so much for your time. Hopefully, we'll get to do more of this in the coming times. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thanks, Vivek. I really enjoyed this conversation, and uh, best of luck. I hope you keep doing it and keep spreading this further and further.